This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hey, that's okay, I guess. The Raptors, well, not really okay, right? I mean, it's the best team in the league, you know, by standings, by a lot of the metrics. They're they're very, very good. And also, that's what Nick Nurse said prior to the game. We don't have to take his word for everything, but when he says the team is the best in the league, we can do so. Uh, yeah, they, they lost the Celtics, 116 to 110. This was a game, I think, that the differentiator was largely the shot creation and shot making on behalf of the Celtics. Guys like Tatum, guys like Brown, being able to get to spots on the floor, rise up, and that two-headed aspect of them doing that was a, uh, a super big deal. Whereas Pascal Siakam was more lonesome in his creation on the other side. This is the Raptors Direction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk. It is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And shout out to Goldfinger Law because you only pay with them if you win. And you can reach them at 416-730-1777. And yeah, the Raptors, they lost this game. It was a tough one because a lot of the game plan was quite good. It worked. There were some aspects of it that the Raptors reached the breaking point. And what I'm most likely going to write about after this game is Blake Griffin and Luke Cornett both hitting double digits and shooting, I think, five for six and five for seven from the field, respectively. And on top of that, they a lot of the shots they made were quite easy. That's where the Raptors, they reached the end of where they could keep the Celtics at bay on those possessions. And a lot of possessions where the Celtics did score this is what Nick Nurse talked about a lot in postgame. This is what I was noticing during that third quarter where the Celtics really pulled away was on one side of the floor, the Raptors were creating pretty good looks, especially off of, you know, mostly off of Pascal Siakam and missing those looks, making some mistakes with the ball in hand just a- as a team, some sloppy stuff, yes, giving giving away on, on man advantages, that type of stuff, yes. But a lot of the time, looking at pretty good shot creation, that was not uh, converted on as far as the shot making. When it came to the Celtics in that third quarter, a lot of what they created was decent. They have a lot of talented players. A lot of guys can shoot. A lot of them can get downhill, especially Jason and Jalen. And the Raptors did a pretty good job of rotating to stonewall that stuff and not even getting them open threes for other guys, but just pull up threes like Brown, Tatum, Smart, these guys taking it in stride, seeing the defense in front of them and just pulling up and hitting. You know, whether it's off the catch and kind of a triple threat and then shooting, not technically a pull up by NBA.com standards and also just straight pull ups, dribble combo bucket. And that was mostly Tatum, who was once again, tremendous for the listeners uh, who have been missing me the past couple games. Thanks for coming back. Uh, I hope the voice sounds all right. I did lose it, and that's why I wasn't uh, capable. 
or able. So I hope I sound okay. I hope this is all uh, not not too tough on the ears or anything like that. But yeah, and the Raptors on the other side, there's some some bright spots to take away from this one. I thought Scotty had a pretty damn good game. Honestly, I was pretty impressed with his his offense for the most part. He knew coming into this game that, hey, this is an opportunity for me to post up some smaller guys and to test the limits of how much the Celtics want to help and who is capable of that help. Because Blake Griffin, for what it's worth, even Luke Cornett, who is pretty long, those guys don't strike the fear into you as as these rotating helpers, even as like doubling you to force a more difficult pass rather than, you know, contesting you at the bucket. That stuff, it's not as much of a problem. Scotty played 41 minutes in this one. Offensively, I like the process a lot. Very active early on. It waned a little bit in the second half. Some of that stuff turned into catch and shoot jumpers. He went one for six from three in this one. That was a little bit tough, but you can't go into any game saying Scotty has to hit his threes. That's how we win. That's how we keep pace with the best offense in the NBA. And Scotty, for what it's worth, I thought did a lot of damage inside, made pretty good uh, decisions in the open floor, and I I liked his game a lot. 8 of 14 from the floor, tremendous. Uh, Pascal, the other bright spot, 29, 8, and 7. I, I, I was talking with him after the game, right, and we're asking him like, hey, you know, when you see the process looks good and it's the process you want to follow, how do you how do you decide when to kind of veer away from it to maybe pursue more of your own looks rather than, you know, attempting to because there's different types of process that can be awarded on offense. Right. There's not only one way to win offensively. There's one way to win defensively. That's stop the ball or stop them from scoring. Obviously, it's not that binary on on defense either but so basketball isn't binary you can achieve a lot of different things that's basically what i was asking pascal and he kind of he shunted that he he didn't want to do the whole maybe i do something different maybe it was my fault for poorly framing it but he, he wanted to reiterate that he liked the decisions he made he liked the shots that his teammates took it's just the results weren't there and as somebody whose coverage of this team over the years has been very much process-based. It's what people know me for. You, the listener, probably are very much aware of this. And uh, yeah, like I, I totally vibe with that. You, It has to normalize, though. The Raptors have had a lot of bad shooting games. Most of them, to be fair, came without Pascal. Uh, Pascal is getting introduced to the shooting woes as a new thing this year. It's been a couple times this season, but for the most part, we're looking at a guy who's used to creating advantages and seeing threes go in while he's on the court. And he probably feels like, I'm going to keep making teams come to me, and I'm going to keep making the passes, keep making the reads. And by all means, I think that's the proper... because and he, As he said, he sees the work his teammates put in. He sees you know the work that he puts in. He's trusting in it. And I don't blame him for that. The, the tough part of it is, right, um, Fred in particular, we can talk about Fred, I think that's that's probably the conversation most people want to have. Another bad shooting night. And so if you guys want any of the the stats about the Raptors or or stats of any kind, Kirthika at Kirthika U on, on Twitter. Um, sometimes she goes by Keeks if you want to recognize her name or whatever. But so she has a tweet detailing, you know, the last eight games for Fred Van Vliet. 13.8 points per game. 29.4% from the field, 23.4% from three, just under six assists, 
2.4 turnovers. And so this field goal percentage, as she states, is his worst in an eight-game span since the start of his sophomore season in 2017. So this is a really big slump for Fred. He's also shooting now around 35% on catch-and-shoot threes. That is not normal for Fred VanVleet whatsoever. He has been, for a very long time, one of the best catch-and-shoot shooters in the NBA. 35% is well below average for catch-and-shoot stuff. You know, 35% as a whole, 36%, is typically around where the NBA average is. But for the best shooters, if you can hang around like 35 34% on pull-ups, that's fantastic. And then you buoy your overall percentage based off of catch-and-shoot stuff. Because most players, even gunners like Gary, uh, who's known for gunning, those are guys who take mostly catch-and-shoot threes. That's that's where most threes come from. Ball movement, finding yourself in space, hitting shots. The tough part is Fred is not really hitting shots. The, the lack of punch at the end of these possessions is palpable in, in these games. And also on top of that is that when the ball is in Fred's hands, uh, the pull-ups have been more or less fine from three this year. I don't think that they've been that irregular relative to his full career. But it's more so that it's like eight points, three assists in this game, three of 14. He was two of eight on shots that weren't outside or that were inside the arc. And it's that total lack of creation outside of it that is troubling. Whether it's getting around the edge on a screen, like a, a pick and roll, whether it's if teams flatten that out and it's a switch with a big on him, whether it's a switch with like a wing, slow footed, quick footed, whatever. Fred is not beating guys. And beating guys has never been Fred's bag, really. But last year, I think that he did a decent enough job, especially punishing drop defense, of beating guys. And it is paramount to the Raptors' success that Fred be able to offer an inkling, a, a, a smidgen, uh, a smidge, smidgen, whatever it is. He has to be able to provide some of that offensively in this game in a lot of games lately that has not been the case and it's not even as I said before the the catch and shoot stuff it's not even that you can buoy his overall stuff by being a heat pump off the catch being you know Clay Thompson who's been hit with a hammer and squashed down to normal size or anything like that we're not seeing any of that at the point of attack, I, I did like his defense tonight for what it's worth the defense I thought was still good you know I, I think that for many people who observe Fred's defense, you could you could say honestly that it's slipped. And where does it return to the level that it once was? Who knows? But it certainly isn't at his at the level that he established as his normal. I think that's fair to say. It's also hard to guard at the point of attack in the NBA. But Fred overall is not playing his best. In fact, he's playing some of the worst. Some aspects of his game are the worst it's been in a really long time. And certainly one of the worst stretches as one of the main guys on the Raptors. That is tough to stomach because when Pascal was out, if OG and Fred, honestly, if Fred had a good game, the Raptors won. It, honestly, if you look at the splits and wins and losses, they're pretty stark. If Fred kind of plays to what's been expected of him, what he's established as his expected level of play. The Raptors win a lot of games, typically, 
in games such as this, one of six from three, three of 14 from the floor, you know, never a big turnover guy, but only getting three assists out of a guy who's on ball that much, 38 minutes. That is tough. The Raptors, you know, when we're talking about that third quarter stretch where the Raptors were struggling, Fred is part and parcel of that struggle. And his his shooting talent is supposed to be where the Raptors get a lot of their value in spacing and a lot of their value when they create good shots, that if it funnels to Fred, he's supposed to be delivering high efficiency. This this is what it, this is what he signed up for. This is what the team signed up for. And everybody has to navigate it while that isn't the case. But no doubt it's disappointing. Uh, OG still uh, one of five from three in this one. Still struggles from three. We're waiting on that to catch up as well. Although his, yeah, you just, it's a team where the guys who were hitting threes uh, last year are not hitting threes at the same level. We'll talk about Gary who had a good game, like objectively a good Gary game in this one. But if I can focus on OG, I thought the defense was tremendous. He continues to be so, so good on that end to blow up a lot of actions, to move teams off of what they want to do at the the start of the, the front end of the shot clock, move them towards the back end to move players off of what they want to do typically is such a big deal. And then the defensive playmaking, once again, three steals in this game. That was awesome to see one block. It's just a guy amassing really impressive defensive numbers. If you want to read about it, uh, for people who don't pay for uh, the subscription over at raptorsofpublic.com, I wrote a really big feature on OG Ananobi's defense. And since it is a, a really big piece and has quotes and it has all that kind of stuff and, you know, it's about OG and kind of informing the conversation around his defense, it's free. You can go read it for free on raptorsrepublic.com if you are not subscribed. If you are subscribed, thank you so much uh, for doing that. I appreciate it immensely. Uh, OG on offense, though. Some, I think he had five turnovers in this one. Some just like spaced out turnovers for sure. Ball hits his hands, goes out of bounds. Uh, getting, you know, he's always been stripped a little bit more than a lot of his contemporaries who drive and put the same amount of, of rim pressure on the ball. Why he's not capable of protecting the ball on swipes the same way, maybe is something he's constantly working on in the gym. But it's it's something that comes up every once in a while. Regardless, though, uh, the offense wasn't wasn't very good. There were there were some attempts coming downhill. One pick and roll possession that was kind of a side pick and roll where he got Jalen Brown on his back and got in for like a push shot. I thought was awesome. It's nice that in every game you can spy some really nice things from OG offensively, but the overall package in this one was was not a whole bunch of anything great. And also that's where that that third quarter where the Raptors. You know, they lost. That's where they lost the game. They could have stood to enjoy um, more efficient offense from OG or more robust offense from OG because it, during that that space and time, we're looking at Pascal as kind of a guy who's just amassing these, you know, these creation opportunities and returning pretty good, giving you pretty good returns on them as far as the process. But again, outcomes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Coloco started in this game, not Gary Trent Jr. Uh, it was kind of a, you know, an odd thing. I tweeted it out just so everybody knows I didn't get it wrong. You know, the team told us this was the starting lineup. It seemed that Gary Trent had once again come back into it to replace Coloco. And then that was amended. Uh, Coloco started this game. Nick Nurse after the game said that was because 
they kept getting word that the Celtics were starting different lineups and all that kind of stuff. And they thought they wanted, once they learned Griffin was in the starting five, they wanted to match up Coloco with Griffin. Why? I couldn't tell you. That's not like a, I, I didn't think that Griffin dictated matchups. But then again, the guy, he, you know, he had double digit points in this game. He went, what, five or six from the field. He had a decent amount of rebounds and, and some offensive ones. So it's like, damn, you know, three offensive rebounds. So maybe, maybe that was a really big sticking point. And it's just the Raptors, whether they got it right or wrong, they were right to consider it, I would say. Uh, but yeah, Coloco, there were some possessions where he was decent defensively, but offensively, we're still looking at a guy mostly who's extremely limited to just catching the ball under the basket. And then even when he's there, uh, the finishing leaves a lot to be desired. He's working on stuff. He's a young guy. Um, I'm excited to see how he develops into the future. But the drawbacks are clear at this point. It's it's okay. This is this is what the game is currently. Um, Gary Trent deserves the most love off of the bench. He was the guy who made this game interesting at the end. Obviously, working off of Pascal's gravity is a big deal for Gary's game, but going three for three from downtown, having that spin on Jason Tatum in transition where he got, you know, to a little fader, had a really great stop and pop against Grant Williams from like, I don't know, seven, eight feet. There was some creation in there where it's, he's making very quick decisions with the ball. That is very important because Gary isn't a guy who can let the defense rest and then break them down as soon as he wants. Some guys can do that. Gary, while being a guy who can give you plus creation, especially for his own, well, almost exclusively for his own shot, uh, he doesn't do it that way. He does it by getting space backwards, not forwards typically. And what I mean by that is he's creating, you know, space for his jumper. He's not getting downhill to turn the defense or beat a guy. He beats a guy by shooting over him. He doesn't beat a guy by getting past them. And he's making, you know, over this run of games where he's been quite good, he's making decisions that mean he gets past guys. And he's doing a pretty good job once he is past them. Just a nice scoring game from him. And then uh, ball pressure defensively. Uh, I wasn't left in this game wanting a lot from Gary. He's not the quickest to rotate. He's not the best. Uh, he's not the most menacing when he rotates over. He doesn't dissuade drives or anything like that, but he can't control that. He's not the same as OG or Pascal or a lot of other guys who Scotty, you know, even though Scotty, like he had a, a terrible closeout against Griffin in this game. It was crazy. Um, anyway, yeah, it was not good. Every once in a while, Scotty gets beat at the point of attack because he's overextended there. He plays too high and the Raptors continue to give him those reps. And it's also, you know, in their in their scheme, they're going to put guys in places that make them uncomfortable at the point of attack and then try and recover at the back end. That's their whole Dagon thing, you know. Uh, but Gary and Scotty are both limited in different ways, but I was not left wanting for effort in this one. Technique limitations show up for everybody all the time they have to but as far as effort uh gary and scotty i was not left wanting same with thad and boucher thad hit two corner threes in this game there's some slick passing made you know got a little bit on the glass you know the raptors weren't bad in his minutes i didn't think uh chris boucher eight points nine boards 
grabbing rebounds he has he's no business getting you know three offensive rebounds in this one those extra possessions mean a lot i mean thad also had four offensive rebounds that's massive for the raptors especially in a game where they they take less threes they're clearly focusing on another aspect of the court and they did a pretty good job of getting those guys to succeed at what they need to succeed at was the shot making perfect from boucher in this one no uh, you know, he missed both his threes. He goes three for six from the field. Nothing really to write home about. But eight and nine as a baseline of what, you know, he comes out and gives you. I feel pretty good about that. This game, though, short bench, only eight guys. This moves away from what we've typically been seeing. There's been a lot of like 10 guy games, you know, even 11 guy games that the Raptors have played recently. And that wasn't the case in this one. The guys played heavy minutes. They played pretty good defense. They put the Celtics in uncomfortable positions. But basically where the game was won and lost in this one is that third quarter where shot making and, you know, that that pull-up talent creates a, just a chasm between the Raptors and the Celtics. Because, you know, Pascal has pull-up talent in a different form. He, he's going to keep the offense going, you know, to some degree by getting into the paint by kind of squeezing the air out of the defense with these like 14-foot faders or, or push shots at times. That's important. That's a really important type of creation. I I trust Pascal to make reads above like almost every other player in the NBA. He makes great reads with the basketball. But when it's him against like a very engaged Boston defense and the guys aren't hitting shots and it's just like his little dip dodge duck creation like grinding away for buckets and on the other side the celtics are cashing triples it's it's too big you can't bridge that gap with these you know different types of play styles there has to be you know effort and well the effort was there honestly the process was there for the raptors in this one the uh the results just have to come and whether they do or not i guess we'll see but we're we're left waiting regardless the Reggie Evans Award, I, I want to give it to Scotty. Once again, I thought the effort was there. I really thought he brought it in this one. I'm happy with Scotty's performance. He needs to stack a few of these together, as he has been doing. Uh, you know, the game against Orlando was pretty damn good. This game, uh, I'm not left wanting as far as anything from Scotty. There are things I want. But uh, some of them are a little bit beyond his scope currently. So, yeah, the, the Reggie Evans Award, I'd give it to him. So if that's of if anybody cares to pick a, another one, I, I'm not certain. Whatever you want to do. The top quick reaction comment. Ooh, here we go. Lee's my guy. Okay, quote, Nick cost them the game. Refusal to give Flynn or Banton minutes due to misplaced stubborn loyalty to a player who clearly is not well right now and plays Gary only nine minutes in the first half. I mean, what the actual frick plays an abysmal Fred, what, 38 minutes? Snap the F out of it, nurse, end quote. Okay. Do I think the Raptors win if it's Banton or Flynn? I do not. I don't think Nick cost them the game here. I do, however, think that regardless of whether they win or lose, Fred playing 38 minutes, perhaps depending on his body, playing at all is harmful. 
And Lee's, you obviously believe to some degree in either Banton or Flynn, perhaps both. You have to entertain those guys. I think that's that's worth saying. Uh, so we disagree on Nick costing them the game with this decision. However, I agree with you saying Gary only nine minutes is probably a mistake uh, in the first half. And honestly, Gary checking in quite a bit later than other players in a weird position, especially if his shot making is going to be this good. The return on investment in his minutes has been tremendous. But if you want to mine more value, you have to play more minutes. It is a little bit weird that despite him returning very good results on offense, that he's still not playing that much. And uh, yeah, Fred, 38 minutes in a game like tonight. I think maybe he's just holding on hope, holding out hope that Fred flips a switch. But that's tough, man. Not everybody flips a switch. Some guys need time and uh, not necessarily time on the floor. So yeah, we're agreed on a lot of it, Lee's. But uh, I, I I couldn't tell you what uh, what's going on with Fred. There last season he was injured, and he shot thirty what thirty four percent from the field and twenty nine percent from three from the All Star break onward last season. That's in a, that's like twenty five games. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's a pretty big stretch of bad play. And in the in the playoffs, obviously, he was limited as well. And uh, this recent stretch from him has been has been tough. I don't know what's going on. The team has not given us any inkling. Uh, I think Adam, big shout out to Adam. He asked after the game, Nurse, if if anything was going on with Fred and Nick. Seemed to say no. Just a guy not playing his best basketball. So we'll see. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, the faithful listeners, I really, really appreciate you. For everyone who, who messaged me to say, hey, hope you're feeling better, I appreciate that as well. Uh, much love to y'all. If you're listening on the podcast channel, just keep doing your thing. If you're listening on YouTube, subscribe. Like the video. Go over to raptorsrepublic.com and subscribe. It's worth the money. I mean, I, I think it is. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.